1: 10 Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody. This is Kyle Brandt. You clicked. I love you. What the hell did you click on? This is 10 Takes. That is exactly what I'm going to give you 10 opinions, 10 takes, 10 rants, 10 diatribes, all of the above. However, I'm going to give it to you in just 10 minutes. 10 Takes in 10 minutes so many damn shows so many of them are so long is there anything worse than when you click on an interesting looking show or podcast and your little phone says one hour 36 minutes you're like come on i don't have an hour 36 minutes to sit around listen to deandre hopkins landing spots talk give it to me quick i'll be giving it to you in 10 minutes you can listen to this on your cigarette break on your commute you can listen to it in the bathroom anytime you want 10 takes in 10 minutes This whole show is going to be like we're dismantling a bomb, like we're Jack Bauer. We have an actual clock. If I run out of time, that's on me. It's over. The thing will blow up in my face. Are you ready? I got to tell you, I'm not. I'm winging this thing. This is from the hip. (laughs) We haven't done any rehearsals. We haven't practiced. It is Monday right now. I'm in Lower Manhattan. I just got done with Good Morning Football. I'm going to try to give you 10 takes in 10 minutes. This could be a disaster you're about to witness. I'm not even joking. I can't tell you how raw this is. So without further ado, my friends, this is 10 Takes with me, Kyle Brandt. And start the clock. Take number one. The Cowboys had the best performance of week one. They won 40 to nothing. When Dak Prescott plays a clean game, when he doesn't throw an interception, when he doesn't do a fumble, when he doesn't make a fumble, I already said do a fumble. That sounds like ridiculous. I can't stop. I have to keep going. Dak Prescott doesn't fumble, doesn't throw an interception. There are maybe two or three teams in the whole NFL who have a good enough roster to beat the Cowboys. They are so deep. They are so good. I don't say this about the Cowboys much. They looked incredible last night. The Giants, what a joke. For the last uh, six months, three months, 20 years of my life, it feels like at this point, if you had anything negative to say about Daniel Jones, Giants Twitter will jump you. He's proven himself. He won in the playoffs. He's the new Josh Allen. Brian Dable is going to do that through that. Daniel Jones looked like a little baby out there. He looked lost. He had bits of turf in his face. He had shrapnel. He got destroyed 40 to nothing. The Giants made the Bengals and the Bears look like the Super Bowl preview matchup. That's how bad they were. On to take number two, the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to credit Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports. He says, well, if Aaron Rodgers owns Soldier Field, Jordan Love just airbeat and beat it for a Sunday. Can you believe the disaster that was if you're a Bears fan? I'm born and raised in the Chicago area. Never in my life did I think the nightmare would continue for another week, another quarter. Jordan Love looked effortless. You have a former Bear, Greg Olson, on the call doing color commentary saying his first drive as the starter for the Packers against the Bears was like a dream drive. And I almost threw up right there. The thing is, Jordan Love seems like a great guy. The Packers are a really good team. I'm happy for him. Take number three. Then there's the Bears. I'm just going to stick to the facts because my emotions are a little raw on this. The Chicago Bears, playing their biggest game in three years, facing a new Packers quarterback, had a penalty on the opening kickoff of the season. They were stuffed on two straight plays for a turnover on the opening drive of the season. Then they turned around, gave up that perfect drive I just mentioned. Greg Olson says it's a dream drive. That was Jordan Love's second start. That was Justin Fields' 28th start. The Packers started the game with a score. They ended the first half with a score. They opened the second half with a score. Green Bay was 60% on third down, 100% on fourth down, 100% in the red zone. Justin Fields threw 37 passes. Three of them went further than 10 yards in the air. Three of them went to DJ Moore, who the Bears traded the number one overall pick for. DJ Moore, who said after the game, we didn't bring the juice and hype to the party today. Why the hell not, DJ? It's week one. You're the star receiver. Bring the juice and the hype. Take number four. This is a little bit of a weird one. I'm good on the NFL parents and stands. We're 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 well up on that. We don't need to see NFL parents in the stands cheering on their sons anymore. Jordan Love's mother, funny story about her in the bad seat she got against the Chief a couple of years ago, whenever that was. I'm sure she's a lovely lady who has a lot to be proud of. I don't need 27 times to see her in the stands every single time Jordan Love sneezes. I didn't need Aiden Hutchinson's parents Thursday night, not only in the stands, but mic'd up to say such interesting things as, all right, Aiden, all right, Aiden, great job. We're good. These are not high school kids with their moms in the stands wearing a little button with their picture on it. No more parent stands in the NFL games. It's fine. They're professionals. Take number five. Guys, this is a comfort to many of you. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Week one in the NFL is a liar. It is a pathological liar. Let me me make sure you understand. There are teams in week one that looked like garbage who will have home playoff games this year. There are teams in week one who looked like Super Bowl champions who will not make the playoffs this year. Week two tells the truth. Every other week does. The games are what they say you are. Week one is a pathological liar. You can look it up throughout history, even recent history. There are teams who get destroyed in week one, and they have one in the Super Bowl, get into the title game, get to the Super Bowl. Trust me, it is a liar. Who told the biggest lie this weekend? The Steelers, the Giants, the Bengals, or the Vikings? I think it's the Steelers. I didn't pick the Bengals to make the playoffs. I still think the Steelers are going to get off the mat. I just think they ran into the best team in the NFL, which is the 49ers. We'll talk about them shortly. Take number six. We're doing pretty well here. There's five and a half left. I have a staff of producers here It seems to be kind of, eh, it's going pretty well. Nobody's jumped in and told me to stop yet. I'm still doing this on one take. We're almost halfway done. I'm getting to take number six. Are you liking this? Are you still listening? Did you swipe or like click get out of here? Are you subscribing? You should be, damn it. I'm working hard on this. Take number six. Chargers-Dolphins was the most watchable game of the weekend by far. It was really cool with the sub-stories of Herbert and Tua and the back and forth and the Dolphins fans in L.A. But enough with the Tyreek. Chargers, what the hell were you doing? There should be a rule whereby if a player gets to 150 yards, you have a strongly worded conversation on the sideline of what we're going to do about it. If they get to 180 yards, they can't touch the ball again. If you have to double-team, triple-team, quadruple-team, quintuple-team, Tyreek Hill is fast. I get it. There are many players in the league who are fast. There's a handful of players who might even be in his universe of fast. You can't let a guy go for 200 yards. All we ever hear about the Chargers, how talented they are, and Derwin James this, and Bosa this, and Khalil Mack. They could do nothing on defense. And don't tell me that they were focusing on rushing the passer, and that's why Tyreek was open so much, because they didn't sack a one time. Chargers, we always want to believe. Can you let us It's a disgrace to let a receiver, a fast one named after an animal, I don't care. You should never have a 200-yard receiver. It's like when the player hits 50 points in basketball. You're like, guys, we're going to have five guys on them. Make somebody else make a shot. They didn't. Dolphins win. The Chargers, I don't know what they were doing. Type number seven, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. I predicted the Rams would beat the Seahawks last week because no one thought they would, and they thought they would just go up there and get housed because no Cooper and blah, blah, blah. Not only do the Rams win, Puka Nakua. That sound you hear right now is the sound of everybody hitting the fantasy waiver wire to get who? Puka Nakua will be the most added player. I remember one time, Week One, Dallas Cowboys. What's his name? Kevin Ogletree. I think he had three touchdowns in the opening game of the NFL season. Everybody and their mother put a claim for him and one guy in your league gets him. I don't think he did much the rest of the season, but Puka Nakua will be the number one ad. Remember in fantasy, if you're going to lose, lose week one because you always can get on the wire and get that special player that no one else is getting. You know you're putting in a claim for Puka Nakua who looked like a young Cooper Cup with an even cooler name if that was possible. Love you, Puka Nakua. Love you, Rams. One and zero. Take number eight. Brock Purdy. So he's just a natural. He just gets football. He's like, some sort of Ken Griffey Jr. who was born to play the game because we were waiting for him to come back down to earth, either because the league caught up with them or they watched the tape or because maybe his elbow wasn't healthy. No, he was great. He walked into Pittsburgh and was like, this is nothing. You guys told me the NFL was going to be hard. I saw 200 people get drafted before me. And I I show up last year and I just start chucking the ball around for the 49ers like it's nothing. I have a whole offseason. season have this corrective surgery have everybody say i'm going to come back down to earth and i looked even better he looked fantastic i mean if you're one of these nfc teams if you're the eagles especially don't you look at brock purdy and be like damn i was hoping he would kind of suck he doesn't i wish he had done it mma style like they do when they knock somebody out in the octagon and then rogan comes up to him with the mic and the fighters call somebody out ringside like i remember when chael Sonnen called out anderson silva and everybody laughed I almost wish we lived in an NFL world where Brock Purdy could call out the Eagles after that win over the Steelers and say he wants a piece of them and they got business and he wants revenge. In the meantime, he's the natural. That's what I'm calling him. The guy doesn't lose games. The only games he loses is when his arm is broken in the beginning of it because otherwise Brock Purdy has just kind of solved the game. It's awesome how seamless, how effortless, and how confident he looks. Take number nine. I don't care that the Eagles struggled, and they did struggle. They tried hard to give that game to the Patriots. But they didn't. As I said, week one is a liar, and week one is terrifying for head coaches. They won. They advance. They win at New England on Tom Brady Day. You knew that one was going to get a little dicey at the end. They won. Just survive week one. They'll still be fine. I still think they're going to destroy everybody this year except for maybe the 49ers. I will say, though, don't give me any of this. Hey, the Patriots, they hung in there. That was cool. You know, they almost won that one. That's BS. That's a cop-out. There's no moral victories. There's certainly no moral victories for a team that has that many banners and has the alleged best coach in team sports history. Tom Brady's in the building. You guys should have won that game. There was a couple plays you had to make, and you would have won. You would have shocked the world and beat the Eagles. The Eagles tried to give the Patriots the game. The Patriots just wouldn't take it. And take number 10 is we're at about 50 seconds before this thing explodes. I have a damn mustache right now. You might have seen it on social media. I said I would grow a mustache and wear it if the Falcons won because their head coach, Arthur Smith, is doing it. Not ironically, not to be funny, not because he's a hipster and collects typewriters or plays the banjos or his favorite soup is whiskey. He's just doing it because he needed a new identity, and I respect that, and that identity started with a win for the Atlanta Falcons, so I'm going to wear this thing until they lose. It's not going over well at home. My wife doesn't like it. My kids are genuinely scared of it. So I don't even know who the Falcons play next week. I hope it's the 92 Cowboys so that they lose and I can shave. But until then, you know, you think you look, you're going to look like Sam Elliott when you grow a mustache. I look more like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. It's really, really bad. Oh, no. Three, two, one. See you next week on 10 Takes. 10 Takes is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more iHeartRadio pods, go to the iHeartRadio app, go to Apple, go anywhere you like. It'll be there. You go into your shower feeling
0: tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,